welcome to Life Point. It's our privilege that you decided to join us today, either in person or online. Thank you so much. My name is Nicholas. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Point, and it's my privilege to share with you God's message. And the title of today's message is Sacrifice. So let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you for this moment. Thank you for the opportunity to be united in your house and, and just... Father, want to, wanting to worship, wanting to disconnect with everything else, God, and just give you all the glory, all the honor, all the worship, God, and thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for giving us freedom and giving us life. Father, I pray for, for this moment that you, Holy Spirit, you can speak to us. I pray, God, that you can, that you can uh, Speak louder than any distraction. You can speak louder than any thought, God, that we might have in our minds in this moment. God, I pray that we can just come to you as we are and we can surrender to you and to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 So let me, let me begin with a question for you. What is the biggest sacrifice you have ever made for someone? What is the biggest sacrifice? you have ever made for someone. When I think about the word sacrifice, it just takes me to my childhood because I remember being in my house and not having anything on the table to eat and just a few things to make arepas, which is kind of tortillas version. And my mom having that, a few things, smashing that dough and, and put it in the table and say to me and my two siblings, you guys eat, I'm not hungry. And it took me a while to realize that it, wasn't a, it was not that my mom wasn't hungry. She was too, like all of us. But she decided to sacrifice her portion of food to feed us. So I was, I was looking for a definition to, to, for the word sacrifice. And, and one interesting one was that sacrifice is the act of giving up for something highly valued, no, no anything else, but something highly valued for the sake of something of a greater value. I remember two, week, two three weeks ago, we went with the students to, to camp. And by the way, uh, when I just brag on my students, 17 of the students decided to sacrifice cell phone, electronics, and social media. You don't know, that's a huge deal. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they were looking, they were longing for something greater than that. And I love to hear all stories, testimonies of people saying how the students were transformed. And also not only the student, but also the leaders. A few of us went and our leaders just sacrificed their energy. They invested their time, their resources. One of them got injured, but you know, they were doing everything for a greater sake, looking to God. And um, my son, Jonathan, plays baseball, and, and also I, I can see the word sacrifice when, when a player just makes a sacrifice fly or sacrifice bunt. He's basically giving up to the opportunity to, for him to show off. And he's sacrificing for the, the, the success of the whole team. How many, how many chess players are in the house? How many people here like to play chess? Well, I might challenge you one of these days, okay? I might, yes. Um, uh, you know, you play chess, you know, like sometimes you intentionally, you give up to a piece 
in order to get, to get a better position on the board. But you're willing to sacrifice something. With, the, with, this, with this in mind, I want you to open your Bible or your Bible app in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to be reading verses 1 and 2. Okay, the verses will be on the screen as well. And he said, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He said, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On a mountain, I will show you. So we hear the word, the, the word sacrifice again. This is something like a conversation be, between God and Abraham. And today we're going to be talking about Abraham. He, 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 you knew, you didn't know much about who Abraham is in the Bible. Abraham was a, a, a man that was called a friend of God. There was a guy that he, he decided to, to please, to walk, and to talk to God continually. He decided to, to have a devoted life to God. And then this guy also have many possessions. He, he was rich. His wife, Sarah, they, they have a comfortable life. They have servants. They have um, animals. All that they want in their life except one thing. There's, he's 75. His wife, 65. They're getting older and they haven't been able to conceive. There's no children in the marriage. And, but uh, it's interesting that God appeared to them. And God said when he's 75, told him, Abraham and Sarah, don't worry. I hear your prayers. I hear your prayers. And I will reveal my grace upon you because I want you to have kids. You're going to have a son. And even you, in, the off, in your offspring, all the nations on the earth will be blessed. And, and they believe the promise that God's given to them. And, 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 but uh, the, the interesting, interesting thing is like uh, days... Months, years have, have been passing and nothing is happening. God, you promised me, you promised me that you, I was going to have a son. I'm 75, 76, 77, 78. I'm getting older and no kids. And you know, like, none of us like to wait to be, for waiting, right? None of us like to be waiting for anything. We like everything quick. I, I, can, I can imagine uh, Abraham just... Uh, Waiting and thinking in the God and the promise that God gave him, and just asking Sarah every month, my wife, did I work this time? Are you pregnant? You know, we, you know, we guys sometimes ask some questions that we we know that like we shouldn't be asking, but we just we don't think, I guess, and we just say it, and then and you know, obviously she's saying no, nothing has to happen. It didn't work, and then and then you know, like, like maybe he's seeing his his belly a little. Growing a little bit and, 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 and asking, uh, Sarah, Sarah, are you pregnant? I see your belly. That have, it's a little bigger. And, you know, and, and you know, maybe, maybe Sarah just saying, like, Abraham, no. You forget that we have been eating beans all the week. I'm bloated. <laughs> By the way, never ask a lady if she's pregnant just because what you eyes seen. Because she might not be, and you're going to get in big trouble. That happened to me once, right? Never do that. And, um, 
And I know some of you have received a promise from God and you have been waiting. And you, like Abraham and Sarah, you have noticed like you, you're growing gray hair. And you know like you're not as stronger as you were before. And, but you know God gave you the promise. You know, you know what's God speaking to you? We can tell when God's speaking to us, but nothing had happened to it. I just, I just want to give you some encouragement today. I want to give you some encouragement. The God of the Bible, the creator of heaven and earth, does not lie. God does not lie. George, tell me, God does not lie, right? If what you're living today is not what God promised to you, that only means that God is not finished with you yet. Like he wasn't finished with Abraham and Sarah. The time will come. And, and this, is what, this is what the Bible says. Like, like the, the, the time came and 25 years later, 25 years later, Abraham was 100 years old. And, and, and it didn't work this time. Sarah was pregnant. They, they were a little old, but, but the promise was fulfilled. God revealed his grace upon them. And, and Abraham, hey, Abraham, happy, happy 100th year celebration. Happy birthday. Celebrate your 100 years by changing diapers, sleepless night, and feeding the baby. It's kind of like weird, it's kind of like weird um, combination, kind of like weird mix, right? Like being 100 years old and having a baby, kind of like being like a daddy and being a papa, right? Like, you know the different you you know like my, my mom used to say i don't know if i was a great mom but i'm gonna be a great grandma that's what she said like but I, and abraham was kind of like enjoying he was abraham abraham had this son and his he, they named it isaac and you know the name the, the meaning of this name it means the one who rejoices Isaac means the one who rejoices. So Abraham and Sarah are rejoicing in this boy. This, this is the promise of God being fulfilled. And I can imagine walking with Isaac and showing to all the, the neighbors and saying, hey, this is, this is the proof that God does not lie, that God is faithful, that, that he, he fulfilled what he promised. He's my baby. This is Isaac. And you will, and you will, and you will think like, think we're just, perfect all the time because God fulfilled the promise but look what uh, it happened in verse 2 look what happened in verse 2 we can put it on the screen uh, verse 2 said then God said take your son your only son I know I know you love him I know Isaac I know you love him but take him and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A sacrifice? My own son? The one in the promise, the one I had in my older years? And just to understand what's, what's happening, and this is in this kind of age of time, uh, when Abraham was alive, it wasn't a law that required people to do sacrifices, but, uh, but uh, Abraham, just on his own will and just uh, love for God, Abraham he used to, to get the best of the best, the best of the animal, the best of the fruits, and just 
just put it in the altar and just burn it as, an, as, a, as a burning offering to God. Just to, it was a way for, for men to try to, 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 to connect with God. Like showing God, thank you for everything. I give you the best of my cattle, the best of, the best of my lamb. And, and this is why you, you learn in the New Testament that Jesus is called the Lamb of God. Because he was the last and sufficient sacrifice for you and me. So people in that age, was, they were just doing sacrifices. And, and, but, God, but God is telling Abraham now, like, it's not cattle. It's not the best of your fruits or your crops. It's your son, the, the one you love. This is the one I want you to sacrifice. And I think I, I have a picture of the altar, like how an altar looked like. It was something like that, and they will put the, the burnt offerings on the top, and, and they will just burn it to, to God and give it, give it to him. And, and, and God loved, and Abraham, Abraham loved God so much, and he loved to build altars wherever he goes and just bring worship to God. But, uh, but this time is different. This time, things are not the same. Do you know why? Because it's about Isaac. It's about the one in whom I rejoice. It's the one in whom Abraham finds joy. And God is saying, give me Isaac. Are you, are you tracking? Are you getting what I'm saying? Abraham often was willing to offer God something highly valued for something greater, which is God. But this time was, was different. What's a different request from God? And, and only God, only God knew what, what was happening in Abraham's heart to add that request to him. And I don't know how, how, we, how I would react being in Abraham's feet. How to, how the, it's an awkward conversation with God, right? Like, God saying, give me your son, take it to me. I know you love him, but offer, offer him to me. Like, I don't know, what, what would I do? What would you do? You were, if you were Abraham. You were in Abraham's feet. What would you do? It's hard, right? It's hard because we all love our uh, children. And um, but uh, um, seriously, seriously, I, I, I would say something like that. Uh, just being honest with you, I, I would say to God something like that. So, what do you gave it to me in the first place? Then you want him back now? Maybe I would say something like that. Why you don't take my life? But you don't just take my life and, and leave Isaac alive, right? He's, a, he's just a kid. His uh, theologians say like he, Isaac might be 12 years old. Why Isaac? Why you don't take my I'm an old man. I already lived my life. But he's, he's a boy. He's a child. And God's saying, give me, give me Isaac. I want you to know like whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing today in life, I want you to remember that God is good and he's faithful. I want you to remember that God is good. If there's stuff in your, in your life that you, you, you quite don't understand what's going on and, and why this is happening and what God's allowing things to happen in your life, I just want you to have in mind like there's something that won't change on God. And, one, and two of them are like God is good all the time and God is faithful. I remember when... Uh, I think four years ago, my son Jonathan, he was four. And I remember, for some reason, 
his body started swollen, and, and, and we didn't know what was happening with him, and, and he got swollen and swollen, and, and, we just go, and we just took him to the ER, and they said, well, we don't know what's going on with him either, and, he said, and they said, like, hey, we need to put this boy in an ambulance. He needs to be treated fast, and then they rushed us to another hospital, and then we were in the hospital for five days, and, and nobody knew what's going on with him. Different doctors coming into the room and looking at him and all the tests. They, they, could, they couldn't find anything wrong on him, but uh, his body swollen. He's not eating. He's just getting food through IV. And uh, he's weak. And I, I think I have a picture of him. I asked him for permission to use this picture. Uh, he was four. And um, I remember at that time, uh, I, could, I could understand Abraham at, at that time because... Uh, in that moment, I feel like each day, I feel like something, whatever it was, was taking my son's life away, was sucking his life, and also was taking mine away as well, and, um, and Lucy's peace, and, and we all were praying, and I remember, I remember, I think that was the, like the fifth day, I, I, got, I got on my knees, and, uh, and, and being in the hospital room, and I didn't have no more words of encouragement for Lucy, and I told God, 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 Jonathan is yours, and you gave him to me, but if you want to take him back, take him. He's yours. Today, I decided to surrender my son to you, the, the one on who I rejoice. He's yours, God, and thank God later, he, he, he got better, but uh, but I, it's not easy. It's not easy what Abraham, what God asked Abraham. So, thinking about this, about the message and what's going on between the, uh, them two, this is a question I have. Why does God ask Abraham to sacrifice Isaac? Or why does God ask us for things? God owns everything. God knows everything. But still, he asked us for things. And one of the things I want to bring to you, and you're taking note because note takers are history makers. That's something we learn in camp. So you're taking note. Uh, write this one down. Sometimes God asks you for things or take things away before they hurt you deeper. God wants to develop dependence on him. God wants us to increase our dependence on him. Do you know, like verse 1 in chapter 22 says, like Abraham was being tested. It wasn't like God was going to take him, but Abraham was tested. Because the Bible said in Proverbs that gold has, needs to be tested with fire. And our faith, and our, at one point of our life, our faith needs to be tested. And it's going to be tested with fire. How, how are you going to react when your faith gets tested with fire? Like Abraham. This is what uh, Jesus said in John 15, 4. You can put that verse on the screen. He said, Jesus said, They remain in me, as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. This is what Jesus is saying. Like, you guys, don't try to do things on your own. You must remain in me and the vine. God wants us to develop dependence on him. It may be like Abraham. 
you're facing a trial or you're facing a situation like you feel like something is taken away from you as well. And I want you to know, like, this is a test. It's not to destroy you. You're being tested. And sometimes God asks you for, sin, for, for things before, before they hurt you deeper. Before they hurt. That, that's, that's not what we do with our kids. That's not what, when we take a candy away from our kids when it's 10 p.m. That's not, that's not what we do. And they cry and everything, but we know better. We know what, what, what they need. And this is what verse 2 says. Verse, verse 3. Can we put Genesis 22, verse 3 on the screen? Okay, that one. Yes, thank you. The, the Bible says like early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded up his donkey. Early in the next morning. What is early? Five, four, three in the morning? I don't know what it is, but I, but I know for sure that was a cold morning for Abraham. Maybe the coldest morning for Abraham. Maybe the saddest one. He's getting up early because God told him to do something that, that he loves, but he's willing to do it because, because he's love for God. And he, got, and he gets up and he he's just walking and he prepared his donkey and, and, um, and he's going to sacrifice his son because that's what God told him to do and I can imagine him like feeling and he just stepped forward that a piece of his soul is left behind like he will never forget this walk like this is like the walk of death that's at least that's how I would feel. You know that we often, we often claim God's faithfulness, and which is a good thing to do because we will be lost without God's faithfulness. Thank God he's faithful, and, he, and his faithfulness doesn't depend on my faithfulness. But we claim that God is faithful. But what about our faithfulness toward God? Toward God? We say, God, thank you because you're faithful. But what about our integrity before God? What about when God asks us for something? Is this just one-way love or this is two-way love? Abraham got up. He said, I had to do it. I had to do it. And I don't know, maybe he got up that early so Sarah wouldn't notice or, or something. And, but uh, when God asks you for something, he wants you to depend more on him. Also, here's another reason. He wants you to grow he wants you and I to grow. You know, like God doesn't want you or me to be spiritual baby forever. And we, we are trained and we gain more dependence and we grow spiritually when we go through difficulties in life and we decide to trust God. We decide, we decide to just have faith over fear. You know, like... Uh, theologians say that, Abraham, uh, that Isaac was about 12 years old when that happened, when God asked him. So which means like Abraham is about 112 years old. And what I'm trying to say here, this is what I'm trying to say. You can look at me for a minute. You will never be too old for God to teach you things. You never will be too old for growing spiritually. 
This is not like, oh, the, yeah, the youth need to grow. The student, the children, yeah, they need to know. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Only God knows what was changing in Abraham's heart since Isaac was born. But sometimes God breaks us in order for us to be multiplied. God breaks us before we are multiplied. You know, when, 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 when this is something we learn in camp. When God breaks us, it's different when the world breaks us. When the world breaks us, the world crushes us, right? Right, Adam? That's what we learn. But when God breaks us, when God breaks your heart, when you cry, when you get on your knees and you, you just cry a lot, God does it to give you life and to multiply you, Amen. to make you grow, to make you stronger. It's totally different how the world does it. You. This is what verse 4 says. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He was finally there. There was the place where his heart, humanly speaking, would break. Because God sometimes asks you for things or remove things from you to increase your dependence on him, to make you grow. But also God wants you and I to learn that obedience is an act of worship. You can write that down. God sometimes allows things in your life and my life to learn that obedience is an act of worship. It's not, it's not, it's not all that we, we do in Sunday when we raise hands and we sing and we praise and we greet that's all good. But there's nothing better than your obedience to God. And I want to invite the band to come to stage. A while back ago, I asked one of my kids, um, I told one of them, did you do your homework? And, and, and he said, no. And then, obviously, I got into him. What did you do your homework? You were playing. You were losing your time, whatever. And, you know, he said to me, he said to me, Dad, at least I told you the truth. <laughs> and then, like, parenting challenges, right? <laughs> like, what? Okay. Well, Obedience is an act of worship. Abraham could ask so many questions. Why my son? Why three-day journey? Why Moriah? Why that far away? But still, he said, God, my best act of worship to you is my obedience. I'm not, I, I don't going to try to understand everything you do. And this is one of our bigger, bigger issues, I think, when we try to understand God and everything he does, and we're trying to, to, to put God's mind in our mind and understand everything, and we just blame God or we blame people. When God says, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. The reality is that Abraham is obeying God in his way to Moriah. And the reality like, his obedience to God was so profound. And in the middle of everything, we, we could say something for sure. That sometimes being obedient doesn't mean I think it would be easier. Because the fact is that Abraham was walking to Moriah to sacrifice his son. But Abraham didn't stop being a human. Abraham was a human just like you and I. Abraham didn't stop having feelings. Abraham 
Abraham didn't stop loving his son Isaac because Abraham didn't stop being a father that was his son that was his baby but he decided to, to obey what God's telling him to do obedience is an act of worship this is what 1 Samuel 15.22 says does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord to obey is better than sacrifice that's what God says obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams and you're taking note, right? And note to yourself and write, my best worship to God is my obedience. My best worship to my God, the best way I can worship Him is by obey Him. It's by obey Him. This is the last verse, verse 5. So they got to Moriah and, it, and they saw the mountain. And this is what verse 5 says. He said to his servants, you guys stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. You guys stay here. So Abraham has two, two friends, two trustees, two amigos. There was the people that watched with him in this walk. Just be sure as you walk a trial, as you walk this journey called life, you have people that love God next to you to walk that with you. And also make sure you are in a spiritual encouragement for somebody else walking that walk, that journey. Make sure, make sure. And the Bible said that Abraham told them, you guys stay here. Because the reality is that it's going to be a time, it's going to be a moment in your life it's only you and God nobody else nobody can replace that intimacy prayer with you and your God some people call, call it devotional time or quiet time that's what we had in camp every morning we just have a 15-20 minutes quiet time everyone just talking between God and themselves because nothing can replace that in life church cannot replace that Abraham said you guys stay because he and I, we go to the mountain, up to the mountain. Let me tell you this. Genuine worship, genuine worship only happens when you are in the mountain. Genuine worship only happens when you are up in the mountain. Let me tell you why. Because in the mountain, there's no light. On the mountains, there's no spectators. Up on the mountain, there's nobody, there's nobody you can impress. It's just you and God. That's it. That's the most genuine worship that you can express to God. Just you and Him, worshiping Him, one and one, connecting with Him. That, that's what it is. That's what Abraham. This is this is what he said in verse 25, the last part of verse, verse 5, 22, verse 5. He said, We will worship, we will worship. And then we will, back, we will be back to you. Because he knew somehow. Hebrews give us the answer that somehow he knew he had the faith. That the third day, his son will be resurrected. You get what I'm saying? 
This is what the Hebrews said later in the New Testament. By faith, Abraham knew. Like how we even we would bring Isaac back to life. Even from the ashes. And Isaac was a blessing to Abraham. There's no doubt on that. He was the one in whom he rejoices. But our worship lose focus when you flip things and you start worshiping the blessing instead of the blesser let me say that again you worship lose focus when you decide to worship the blessing what you have and you give less worship to the blesser to the blesser I want to invite you to close your eyes. Let's go to God in prayer. For Abraham, I bet it was hard because it was about Isaac. Isaac was the one and he rejoices. I'm going to step on your toes right now. Is there any Isaac in your life? What are your eyes sick? What is that thing? What who who that Isaac? What is that Isaac? That you, you have a greater value than you got? Is there something in your life that have a greater value that you rejoice so much that your worship has lost focus? What is causing separation between you and God? Do you remember those times where you used to pray a lot to God when you go to used to go up in the mountain and just cry in God's presence and just give him your all give him your heart but what what is the Isaac that have been in the middle between you and God what is the Isaac that have been blocking your worship to God today today is a day that you can surrender to God anything you have any Isaac in your life anything that is just robbing God's worship God's first place the Bible continues saying and you can read that later that that Abraham didn't have to sacrifice Isaac you know why because because God God wanted Abraham hard God didn't want Isaac God was testing this man Because this man was getting away from God's presence. Somehow, God wants your heart more than anything else. God wants your obedience more than anything else. How could we doubt in God's plan for us? God has plans to prosper us. God has to plan to harm us. He has plans to give you hope and a future. Does anyone need to save you here? You feel like, God, I want to surrender my Isaac. This is the time you can do it. This is the time you can do it. Just surrender to him. And if you need a savior in your life, this is the time that you can say, God, I surrender all my life to you. And I ask you for forgiveness for whatever has been taking your place in my life. You be the first, God. You be the first, God. 
it is you, you you need a savior this morning i want you to to say after me god i surrender and i give you my life god i surrender and i give you my life you know like god god did his only begotten son for you so you don't have to be separated from him you can say one more time god i give you my life in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We all stand up. Let's continue to worship.